Hi, I'm John Maxwell. When the top companies in the world are looking for trainers, speakers, and coaches, there's one name that stands above the rest, and that's Maxwell Leadership. Our certified team members have gotten proven results for companies all over the globe, and our reputation, I'm proud to say, is second to none. Some of our members have risen to the top of their profession, including the one you're going to meet today. I proudly introduce you to my friend, Bob Fabian Zinka. Welcome to the Leadership and Success Podcast with your host, Coach BZ. If you need to develop into a better leader, this podcast is for you. If you want to achieve a greater level of success, this podcast is for you. His mentor, Dr. John C. Maxwell, said it best, everything rises and falls on leadership. We hope to inspire you today and provide you with an insight that has the potential to positively impact the trajectory of your life. Welcome to the Leadership and Success Podcast. All right. So I here am I with Bob, uh, Bob Zinga, and I'm with Andrana. And today we're going to talk about uh, setting up security champion program for success. This is the first series of the podcast that uh, you know we are sharing with you all. So welcome. Uh, Bob, do you want to please introduce yourself to the audience? Yes, uh, Nitin, thank you so much uh, for setting this up uh, today. I am uh, Bob Zinga. I go by BZ. And uh, I've been in the security industry full-time since about 2005. So I started my career back in 97 at the University of Alabama. So that's uh, higher education working for the state. And then in 2011, I uh, moved to, uh, Calif to California. I did some, some work for the US uh, Army and then in 2014 uh, is when I, I moved to uh, Silicon Valley, working for small, medium-sized and large uh, technology, uh, high-tech uh, organization here. And the, the other thing about me that's a little different is I've been in the US Navy Reserve since 2004, first as an IT technician. And uh, later on, I became an officer, an information professional officer. And today I am an information warfare commander. So I pretty much do security for uh, the US Navy, pretty much just the same job I do as a, uh, a civilian for the uh, industry. Excellent, Bob. This is, it is really uh, an honor to connect with you. I think the kind of balance you bring in with, you know, the duty that you do for, um, you know, for defense, like for Navy, and what you're doing as a as a civilian. So kudos to you, hats off to you. Thank and you. I know it's not not easy, but um, we are glad to have you, Bob. And I'll introduce myself for um, you know as the as the host for this podcast. So my name is Nitin Drana. I am with uh, ThoughtWorks Inc. I am the vice president uh, cyber and infosec for ThoughtWorks. Been with them for uh, almost twelve years now. It's been a journey. And I have uh, close to 25 years of industry experience, and I'm super, super excited to, you know, present the pod podcast today. And we are starting with Bob. So let me start with this, uh, Bob. Mm -hmm. Right? When you when you look at the security champion role, right? And and based on your broad experience, whether it is in defense or it's in you know the general industry, what does what does what is this role of security champion at at any organization? So if you want to maybe Take a few minutes, Bob. Well, I, I think a lot of things are changing uh, in this industry. I think it, it all depends on, 
a lot of things, right? The size of the organization, the uh, industry, and also our, uh, what is the priority of uh, security, I think, we, within the uh, culture, right? For example, in the US Navy, uh, we take security extremely, extremely seriously. Very different than the way we do security in the industry, right? I think part of the reason is, you know, in the Navy, if we don't do security, people may actually die, right? That's not the case in the sure. industry. You know? Worst case scenario in the industry, we probably just lose money, or maybe your 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 brand is you know, negatively impacted yeah. for, for a, a while, but, but it's not really as drastic as you know, uh, using the life of, of, a, of a human being. So I think depending on, on all of that and also the, the risk appetite of the organization, that, that, that makes a big difference too. Because like I say, in Silicon Valley, I've worked for very small company and of course, some pretty big companies too. And they usually uh, look at risk very, very differently, right? Sure. So uh, especially when a, a company is very you know, small, agile, and, and they, they, they want to be first to go to a market, many times they take a, a lot of risk uh, because you know, great, greater risk, greater uh, reward and that, that, that kind of thing. So uh, I've, I've, I don't think you can just have a single answer for no. Okay. That, that that would be the same across the entire industry. But when I think about a security uh, championship, there's really only two organizations I've worked for where they actually had like a security evangelist role. That was actually the official title. To me, uh, a security champion is somebody who really pushes the security uh, program forward. Right? They don't mm. have to be a part of the official security team. Even some, something I, I tell my people when we do information assurance uh, training or uh, information security awareness is in a way, every single employee and every single contractor of my company is a security yes. champion because they are really our eyes and our ears, right? I have a, a, a pretty small team, about what a dozen people uh, also, and that's not really uh, in, in enough for every decision we we kind of make right across the company. So you another another thing which which you know, um, being VP of Infosys Security, in many ways we are only as strong as our weakest link, right? So I think it is really uh, up to us to make sure that everybody in the enterprise uh, has basic information security knowledge. And it's not just you know, getting uh, some information so they can you know, check in the box, we did security training this year, but it's actually understanding it and living it, applying it, not just at work, but at home also, especially with this pandemic with people now sure. working remotely 100% of the time. It's very important that they really gain the security skills and they apply them if, if everywhere they go. So in a in a way, I think everybody in the enterprise should be a security champion, but then uh, in some uh, organization, they actually have specific people uh, who have uh, that uh, role and uh, uh, function. But but really from my experience, it's really making sure that uh, the members of the security team have, they may not have, um, uh, reporting duty, right? People may not report to them like engineering product and marketing that they don't, usually they don't report to security, but we should be able to influence all of them, right? So I think it's nice. really about security leadership, having those soft skills uh, where you, know, you can use data and build relationship and really influence the people, both you know, at the senior management level, your, your peers and you know, the entry level position across the entire organization to, to really, be open to uh, security, embrace it, and really apply the security principle day, day, day to day. That's that's probably the, the best answer I would yeah, that's, uh, give you. 
no, no, no. Thank you very much. I think that's that's a very well-rounded response, right? I think you've touched on some very awesome points. There is one where the weakest weakest link is the human. You talked about people who can develop those connected relationships, right? You know, yes. you know, will a, a marketing function leader listen to Bob, or will a marketing function leader listen to another marketing exec in the mm-hmm. team who can? tell them that what you're doing in this process is not right. This is how you have to do it in a secure way. So influence those people, influence those individuals who are closer to the problem, closer to the business process will actually Mm -hmm. get you better results rather than saying, you know, these are the 10 steps, Mr. Marketing exec that you need to follow. And some of it might, might get lost in our, you know, in our technical jargons because not everybody will understand what we are trying to say. I I think that's a very, very good, point, uh, Bob, and I agree with you. I want to take it to, you know, uh, the next level, right? So if you can, you know, share with us, right, you talked about the the role, you talked about the role of advocate, you talked about the role where you have to influence at all the levels. So that sort of broadly touches on the responsibilities of a security champion and a security advocate. So I think that's pretty much clear to our audience. But if we have to talk about, you know, how does this individual work? You know, if you want to give an example, right? If you take an example of a product team or a or a function or a business process team, if you can maybe tell us a little bit more on how you have seen security champions work in a successful way with a function, with a department, with a team. So maybe you can maybe take a few minutes, Bob, and, and share us some of your insights. Yes. And before I, I answer that, based on what you said, I, I would like to highlight to to other things. In my experience, especially in the industry, uh, sometimes I've seen it where it's very challenging for the security team to actually be taken uh, seriously and to really be uh, considered as a, a member of the broader of the broader team, right? Because uh, when, when I was go, growing up in this industry, uh, especially early on, I'm, I'm sure that has been your experience too. The security yeah. team has almost always been known as the department of no, right? Engineering yeah. or business wants to do something and security is like, no, can't do that. It is not secure. There is just no way. No, 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 no. And also generally speaking, uh, security, IT, those function, no, we are cost centers, right? We cost a whole bunch of money and we don't really bring in any income. Sales marketing does, right? Engineering yes. does, but security usually doesn't. So I, I think that is that is a problem. So when we talk about security championship, I think, it's really critical for the security team to be able to really affect the culture of the entire organization. I think sales, marketing, um, product, engineering, all of those should see security as a partner, not as an obstacle to them doing their job, but as a partner, us working together in order to accomplish the the, uh, mission of the uh, organization. And um, I um, believe, being in security, you know, when I first started, you know, technical skills were ex- extremely high. That's, that's really all yeah. people were hiring and, and, and firing for. Do you know how to set up, uh, configure a firewall and, and things like that, which is, which is fun and, and those things are needed. But, but I think today, uh, in addition to technical skills, I think the security leader needs to also have business skills and yeah. also uh, soft skill, leadership skill, being able to influence people. You know, part of the reason why I have a MBA also. But uh, so... I believe when, when you talk about security championship, I think there is also a psychological aspect to that because people 
they, I think they need to respect you and if possible, like you as well, because somebody who's in engineering or marketing or whatever, they will do something for a friend that they will not do for somebody who kind of gets on their nerve or they don't have any relationship with, sure. right? As an, as an example, when I, when I first moved to Silicon Valley, right, I was working for a company called uh, Pivotal at um, the time. And initially, engineering pretty much uh, ignored security at all. Uh, we, it seems like we, we uh, didn't ma uh, matter, right? But one, one thing I did back, back then, the engineering function was mostly uh, based in our San, San Francisco uh, location. And um, sure. the security team was with a corporate team in Palo Alto, our global headquarters at uh, the time. So one thing I did was to actually drive to uh, the San Francisco office once a, a week, like every Thursday. So they could actually put a face to NM and we could actually develop relationships. So they would understand, no, we are on the same team. We are working on this together. It's not me telling you uh, what to do. No, like I said earlier, usually uh, no, all of the other departments do not report to uh, security, but security has to be able to engage with all of the yes. other functions within uh, within the organization. So in a way, I am uh, answering your question on how to better uh, influence you know, all of the other department and function within within the enterprise so that whatever we do as a company, we are doing it in a safe and secure way. I, I think it is high time that the organization sees security as a um, uh, as a competitive advantage, right? Like uh, even even now, as the head of information uh, security at my company, I spend about 20-25% of my time talking with like yeah, prospective uh, customers and that kind of thing, right? When I when I first got here, it would take us a very long time to close many of those deals, and and part of the reason was because our prospective customer just didn't really trust our security program, right? But not being uh, ahead of, of that and talking to them from from the from the get-go and showing them how we take security and privacy very seriously, all of the controls we have in place to ensure the confidentiality, integrity, and availability of their you know, precious personal information on our platform, that really helps us go a very long way. And I think once the business side sees that security is a partner and actually helping us um, you know, close deals, that's, that, that, that's a big, big change from you not know, being a department of uh, no, 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 actually helping the company accomplish whatever strategic uh, vision or, or goals of, of the companies are. Seeing uh, security as an equal, but most importantly, as a problem solver, right? I, I think that is that is quite... Uh, Very good point. Very good point, Bob. I think I, I can't agree more with you, right? The focus on not being seen as a, as a no team, the focus on being seen as a true partner who actually... Mm -hmm helps the company with, with scale, with growth, so that yes. people come and discuss with you, right? Hey, Bob, we're trying to do this new product offering. How mm -hmm. can security help us to make sure we go you know, in the market with the right product, which is not just working for our users, but secure as well, right? So yes. having those conversations early on, and I, I think you're, you're touching the topic very well as to how these people who are sort of part of someone else's organization, they don't report mm -hmm. to Bob. They would Correct. report to, let's say, uh, an engineering leader or a, mm -hmm. or, a, or a product manager or to, let's say, a marketing um, you know, manager. But they will feel that because they are acting as an advocate, acting as a champion, they will be the one who will voice on our behalf, right? With, you know, in, in, in the right way so that we can actually get our work done 
through those individuals, right? What we want is not to have, you know, blockers in people or organizations way. We mm -hmm. want us to be seen as enablers, not as blockers. So I think yes. you touched on a lot of these things. Thanks for doing that. Um, I think one area um, which I really want to get your views on is around training, motivation, capability development, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when we look at um, a security expert, right, we have to invest in that person. And I look at a security yes. advocate, a champion, we need to invest in them as well. So, yes. Bob, what have you tried as uh, in your experience with the organizations? And you can also maybe talk about, you know, within within U.S. Navy, what have you tried, mm -hmm. which would be something that our audience would learn from, from a training capability development standpoint? Yeah, so I, I think uh, training is extremely important. As an example, when, when I got here at, uh, directly, we used to do uh, information security awareness training only during onboarding. That's, that's it, they do it one time and, and that's it. That's not enough. You, you really need to you know, have rinse and repeat. You need to, to really learn more about security throughout the year. So at minimum now, we do it during onboarding and then we do it once a year across the entire company. But uh, one thing I have also done is, uh, as you know, October is National Cybersecurity uh, Awareness Month. And uh, it's been so at least, I think since 2001 or so for the federal government. So that, that is one, one uh, thing that I take very much advantage of. And we, we started about three and a half years ago, every October, we have uh, a lot of uh, security training at least once every every week. Of course, no, we, we cannot force everybody to come. It's completely optional. However, when we when we do those, it, it is really awareness training, right? It is not a lecture, right? It's not boring. It's it's very exciting, high energy, and we we also work with many of our vendors to actually get the bunch of swag that we gave away, and also work with senior management to be able. I think the first time we did this, we gave away one hundred dollar um, Amazon card, so people. Know, could actually uh, go buy what, whatever they wanted. But in order to earn that, you had to uh, show up at uh, all four uh, uh, training during the, the month of October 4th, for example. So I think you can kind of think outside of, of the box, really make it very exciting and also make the training relate to to, to uh, people. No. As, as an example, identity theft, you know, more than 25% of um, American citizens have been affected by, by that. So when you, you talk about things like that, they know exactly what you are talking about. And then they see how this training is important to them, not just at work, but at, at home and uh, in their personal lives uh, as, uh, as well. And making it very interactive. And another thing I, I felt like really was extremely uh, cool was uh, when we, 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 we played games, right? Where we would play uh, almost like uh, Jeopardy, they, they would choose a category and, and then the, uh, the amount of points, you know, the higher the point, the more uh, difficult the question would be. And, divide them into team, make it really, really fun and ex exciting. And they really felt like, okay, I've come out of this uh, awareness training and I've really learned uh, something, right? So I've, I think the, the key in my experience is to really make the uh, security training and the uh, security aspect really a part of the culture across the entire organization. Uh, one very specific ex example I've seen in the Navy, which is a, a very old um, organization since the 1700s we've, we've, we've been uh, around. The chain of command in the Navy is uh, uh, something that not everybody pretty pretty much uh, respects. But uh, one thing that they did in the Navy, uh, at least I have, I have seen it because I joined the Navy like 2004. I think it was around after 
after 9-11, I've seen it more and more, but they, they are making the commanding officer responsible for yeah. security, meaning we are not going to promote you and, and you actually have a potential to lose your job if you don't do well in this area. So once it becomes the number one priority of a person who is in charge, guess what? It's going to become the number one priority for everybody that reports to them, right? So yes. it, it, it really, uh, they no longer have a choice. It's not like something they do, because prior to that, it was more like a collateral duty, something you do on the side, something you do if you have time. But now it's not, no, no, this is actually one of your primary duty. You are going to be, you know, your performance is going to depend on on that also. And and, and, I, and I think kind of doing doing that makes it big, big difference. Now, I mentioned, I came to Silicon Valley in 2014. In my experience, uh, most companies here, at least at the time, they really focus more on the bottom line, right? The dollar going to market yeah. first and making as much money as possible. Yeah. Security is kind of like in, in the back burner. However, with all of the changes we've, we've had, you know, everybody, when you listen about all of the data breaches happening and stuff, I think uh, even now the FTC, right, is uh, pushing it now so that even board directors are, I'm, I think pretty soon going to be held personally reliable for security breaches too. So yeah. I think with, with this type of changes happening, now in, in many ways, it's kind of like what, I, what happened, when was it? Two, 2001, right, with Enron, for example. Yeah. And uh, that's when the FTC kind of pushed uh, you know, for every single board in America to have a financial expert, right, yes. on, on each board. And I feel like we are getting into a time where they're going to be pushing for a cybersecurity or, or technology expert on, on every board too. But, but, uh, but I think that type of pressure is going to make the board, makes the senior management really accountable. Hey, you guys are not going to get you your, your bonuses. You are not uh, going to get promoted unless you get this security thing under control, right? So I, I really believe if we get pressure from the top down, but also from the bottom up, that is going to make a very big dif difference uh, in, in, in the uh, long term. But but if the senior management and the board could really take this seriously, where they even kind of like they did it in the Navy, made it part of uh, the people uh, uh, performance, right? The, the way they, they get their bonuses and uh, promotion, I think that it's gonna probably uh, increase or advance the security function within the, uh, the uh, organization much further than any, anything else I can think, think of. Just yeah, and, yeah and that's. Things. Yeah, very, very good point. I think you touched on gamification, right? Uh, to build on training, you uh, you know, you talked about uh, competition, you talked about reward strategy, you talked about accountability, right? Which is very crucial, yes. right? You and, and you touched on sponsorship. I think these are all very key criteria that we have today and which we have to define with our leadership, with our with our board, with our product teams, because if we are able to do that, then it's not limited for to those one individual or two individual in the company who who has to be responsible for security. But then security is seen as a, a business objective. That is what I think, Bob, you're leading to. And yes. I really like the you know the the options and the suggestions that you shared around and training on capability development as well. I know we are close on time. Uh, so any closing thoughts, uh, if you want to leave with, you know, one or two, you know, let's say sentences or words or whatever it is, Bob, which you yes. would want to take uh, the audience to take away for uh, from from this podcast. So what would that be? Uh, Great. And again, Nitin, thank, thank you uh, so much for making this uh, possible. But I think probably the most important thing is 
the security function shouldn't only be the uh, responsibility of the security team, right? Uh, I think in order to be successful going forward, every single person in the organization needs to really embrace security. Uh, I think I may have mentioned this earlier, but I think we are only as strong as our weakest link. And yes. I believe within the organization, if we can really uh, infuse security within the culture where I don't even want it to be punitive because the way I've seen it done in some organization, it's like uh, they would uh, uh, they would even even have uh, like a phishing campaign or or things mm -hmm. like that. And, and then if you click on the link or something like that, then they make fun of you, they humiliate you, and they and they punish mm -hmm. you. But I don't think people should be scared because error is human. We all make mistakes. Even the, the best among yeah. us will make mistakes. But but having a culture where we support one another, where we learn from one another, and we we we've got every everybody's back, right? These are the policy. There is a reason why we have this type of, of policy. Let's all of us work together in order to really make a difference. I I, I think if um, people who are listening to us can can just uh, get that one idea where they realize that they are the people who are going to make a difference in their on respective organization. They don't have to have a security title. They don't have to be the, the CISO or security engineer, no matter who they are in marketing, in HR, in uh, no, the legal office, they can really make a difference by learning more about security and applying those uh, principles and helping raise the security awareness within the culture of their organization. Absolutely, Bob. Absolutely. And, and thanks for uh, an excellent summary, the excellent key takeaway, Bob. I really appreciate it. I hope the audience, um, you know, learns and, and, you know, finds this podcast uh, useful. So thank you very much, Bob, um, you know, and, and we'll be in touch. Uh, so thank you. Okay. Thank you again. Thanks so much. Bye. Until next time. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Leadership and Success Podcast with your host, Coach BZ. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our channels and come back for more wisdom nuggets on how you may develop into a better leader and achieve greater levels of success. Leadership is the most critical skill. The world will always need leaders to lead others, deploy the next disruptive technology, or execute a business strategy. You may as well decide on counting yourself among the 21st century leaders. See you right here next time on the Leadership and Success Podcast with Coach BZ.